few thoughts on the warrior. I wrote a couple of articles earlier in the year about the crown and king energy and you know in those articles I touched upon the the time that I received my crown at a sacred site uh, with a woman I worked with there and we just knew that uh, and the crown refers to if you like refers to royalty the higher energy but also the connection I, I view it like a plug you know that it, it plugs into the heavens it plugs into the higher self and I also had a breathwork ceremony that I, I went through a, an initiation or a ceremony that I received my sword and it was only after these experiences that I realized that you know my ego in those moments thought that oh everything will be different now and in a sense it was but we have to re-earn these things and I've pissed off a number of people by saying you know w when I see you know when I see women on Instagram or on wherever and they say I'm a goddess and we are goddesses and queens personally <laughs> I don't buy that you, you got to earn these things now we, we can all agree to disagree we're all adults so if you have the force and the power to back that statement that you're a king or a queen, well, fucking go for it. Own it, honour it, and stand in that power. Don't listen to me. But th there's, there's an energy in that. There's an energy in being a queen or a king and being able to stand in that power. And for me, the test is... To be able to witness ourselves and honour who we are. And that's extremely, extraordinarily rare. So of, of spiritual people who would call themselves kings or queens or gods or goddesses. Uh, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time these people can't stand. They can't honour who they are. They can't witness themselves. Give them a bad day or their shadow or their darkness or their ex-husband or their difficult client or their screaming kid and they're they're shakeable <laughs> they're broken pretty easily so that's how i view a god or a goddess or a king or a queen now on the term warrior these these terms are bandied about too simply in my opinion and these things inflate the ego wherever there's a degree of indulgence uh, it's a matter of time to me to step back and question why why do I like this term why do I like this thing how I'm perceived you know energy healer shadow worker healer light worker all these things I'm I'm very suspicious of and anyone who uses these terms I'm suspicious of So if you, if you are these things, you have enough power for, for someone like me or everyone else to be able to look at you and question. So if, if I'm going to use these terms, I have to be in enough of my own power and centered enough that I can stand behind these terms. That I can look you or whoever in the eye and know that this is what I fucking do. And I have the power to do it. 
even if you think I'm fucking deluded. So that that's a journey, and I'm not certainly not always in that power. Far from it. But the term warrior is another. And it's something I'm doing a lot of personal work on at the moment. But the stage that I'm at and realizing is that way before the warrior is the savage. You know, just over four years ago in that ayahuasca ceremony, the first thing I was told by the medicine was, you're a warrior. And probably within 15 seconds, I was then told, you're going to need it now. And I then had about six hours of intense uh, purging and vomiting over a basin. So intense that pretty, pretty quickly I was taken out of the room because the circle, I was just disrupting the circle. I was just vomiting nonstop, groaning and sweating and demon after demon I encountered for six hours. Uh, some hundreds of thousands if not millions of years old all short all sorts of shapes and sizes and ferocity and these all lived and dwelled within me and in those in that moment and in that journey you know I wanted them out and it was only in the months and years afterwards that I realized how essential these beings were to my journey and how much a part of me they were and are we all inhabit the demonic, the satanic, the dark. This is the shadow. These are teachers, you know. And a shaman said this to me maybe about a year into my ayahuasca work. He said they're teachers and I, I didn't really know what he meant. You know, I, I thought they were satanic. I thought they were evil and I wanted rid of them. And I worked for the light. <laughs> Love and light. And then I went through that stage and I realized how indulgent that was of my own ego to think that I am only of the light and I am a healer and, and I help. <laughs> I help humanity. How indulgent that is. But I realize as well that, you know, over those four years, the journey of earning my crown and earning my sword and earning the label or indulgent or otherwise of warrior there's an arc that I've talked about and, and I talked a good bit about it in the recent workshop on in the recent workshop on Instagram the arc of our lives that this one life right now on its own you know we have a bit of awareness and we're doing a bit of work and we're trying to progress along the path Ascension is way, way off. Get used to that. Keep working along the path. Keep doing your work on any given day. Face your darkest shadow. Darkest secrets. And even in me saying that, how dare I say that without being able to face my own darkness. My own deepest and darkest stuff. And I faced a lot of it over the last four, four years. An awful lot of demons and reptilians and purging. Layer upon layer. You know, and people have asked, why do you keep doing shadow work or why do you keep going there? And the reason I go there, in one word, is power. 
Another word would be gems. Uh, another word would be wisdom. That as we meet ourselves and as we meet all these layers of pain or darkness, we integrate them and we find a little bit more peace, a little bit more power, a little bit more grounding of who we are. That's why I do it. To be free, to experience liberation, to not be at the mercy of addiction or anger or depression or any of these things. Less and less. It's not black and white. It's not like... You know, as, as I wrote recently in a post on Instagram, that ascension, enlightenment, is not linear. We think often in spirituality that the suffering will stop. I have now passed that stage and I now live in bliss. That's not, the, that's not my experience. And of those further along the path than me, what I see is that they still encounter anger and frustration. They still meet their family even if they have actually cut off their family. And I know people who have divorced themselves from their immediate family. But they still meet that energy in the world. We can't escape ourselves. The pain within us that our family activates is still out in the world. We can't avoid it. It will still be continually presented to us. So to return to the warrior and the ark Consider the lifetimes potentially before this one and the lifetimes potentially after this one. And this one is part of that arc. That's this section of lesson, this piece that you're learning. It could be a hundred lifetimes around the benefits of addiction and the, uh, the growth, extreme, intense growth and power in mastering it, surrendering to it, or around murder, sexual abuse, lifetimes, again and again and again, being abused, being the abuser, and all the lessons in this sexual energy, all this comes into play later on as these pieces of the jigsaw fit the power behind mastering and conquering, integrating addiction sexual abuse we're all we're all carrying this we're all a part of this this is consciousness you are not beyond it you're not above it oh it didn't happen to me of course it happened to you many times and it flows in your blood you're breathing it as you walk down the street the apartment right next to you the car across from you everybody we're immersed in this stuff And the weakness of humanity is shown by the scrambling towards identity. To be the lawyer, to be the doctor, to be the energy healer, to be spiritual, to be ascended. If you're scrambling for any of these things, you're scrambling away from your shadow, away from your real power. As Joseph Campbell said, the, the cave we fear to enter holds the treasure that we seek. Now we regurgitate these little quotes and catchphrases and lines but if I was sat in front of you and I asked you your darkest secret or your greatest fucking pain whatever that may be and maybe you take a bit of time to listen maybe you take a bit of time to think about it and to see what's presented 
that thing that fucking cripples you that paralyzes you that you just can't go there if I was to give you two or three weeks to prepare yourself and in that two or three weeks we do a few exercises a little bit of writing a little bit of meditation and we'd build up and work towards that greatest deepest darkness that peace you just can't go that it'll it'll possibly kill you that's the stage that I'm at right now with a, a piece of work that I'm doing something that just ooh it opens that door it's deep and it's dark it's overwhelming it's hard to breathe and sometimes we don't have a choice the ego and you know the modern spiritual world is that we will direct where we're going I will manifest I will choose who I am I will choose how my life is that's cool I'm okay with that but sometimes the higher self has a greater path because if we're left to choose we're just going to choose money love <laughs> comfort <laughs> all these little trinkets that'll make us feel good those little trinkets don't make you warrior they don't expand your heart they don't make you perhaps more you they don't make you more whole as in circular as in complete they give you the things you like maybe your higher self has a greater path for you greater lessons greater growth and expansion power freedom liberation a depth of love that you can't even conceive of those things don't come cheap and they don't come by fluffiness or by niceties and comfort <laughs> simply falling in love being on the beach having loads of money <laughs> everyone adoring you well isn't she fantastic oh she's so uh, we bought her book and we went to her movie oh she's amazing <laughs> on the red carpet <laughs> indulge me indulge me so finally the warrior to get along that arc let's imagine that the warrior is an end point in itself how many stages potentially come before that end point we don't just wake up I'm a warrior maybe we spent many lifetimes being the victim being bullied literally in schools by abusive parents abusive neighbours uncles maybe sexually abused again and again and again nasty people lifetimes of just being fucking kicked around and pushed around maybe being the coward that's part of the warrior you know as I said many times as I said many times in the workshop a few weeks back if you want to be a great boxer you're going to get punched in the face so to be the great boxer you don't just get in the ring and I'm a great boxer your first day in the ring is fucking horrible you're getting punched by people you don't know how to defend yourself you don't know how to stand up properly it's not nice 
You go home bruised, maybe bloody. You feel like shit. Your muscles ache. So to be the warrior, you begin by getting kicked around. Being the coward, being afraid. And at some point, we come to the savage. The reaction. Reactive. Ferocious. And the integrated savage becomes the warrior. More centred, more focused, but still the ferocity without the destruction, the unmanageability. On the circular enlightenment ascension as opposed to linear, we keep coming back. We don't move beyond We keep coming back and being tested by anger or by pain or by whatever challenges in life. Another layer of it, another layer of it. And maybe we don't respond as destructively as we used to. We're evolving. We're moving along. So with the warrior and the savage and the coward, the warrior can still feel fear. He can still be cowardly at times. To hopefully lesser degrees. He's still, the savage is still a part of him. Some days he'll be the savage or she'll be the savage. Some moments she'll be the warrior. To varying degrees. That's the test of bringing all these pieces in. It's, it's not just a jump away from fear. I am no longer afraid. Make friends with fear. Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Feel it. Get comfortable with it. Allow it to to pass through us. It's okay. It's only an emotion. Through the work that I do, those who've worked with me will know that we can observe and witness these emotions. We don't have to be owned by them. We don't have to. They don't become our identity. We don't have to be at the mercy of them, trying to escape, overwork, overeat over drink run away allow it to pass through the warrior or the king or the queen knows themselves they know the fear they know the edge they have they know their limits they know their power it, there's strength in knowing who we are knowing what passes through us So each of these areas I feel over these lifetimes are fleshed out. The coward, we we max it out complete to the end of the road of what it's like fully fully experiencing being a coward, fully experiencing being a savage, being the bully, all these areas. An angry person is just a frightened person. So being the bully or being reactive or being violent or being destructive is fear ultimately underneath it. We don't know what to do with it so we react. We keep people away. We want to seem in control. We want to protect our hearts. So we battle out there. But there's a beauty and a liberation to the savage as well. There's also destruction to it. But these areas need to be mined. 
And in being mind, we will make mistakes, in inverted commas. We'll go a bit too far. We'll fuck up. That's where the expansion is, finding the boundaries, going too far, going over the edge accidentally. And then coming back to find the happy medium. So of late and right now, what's purposeful to me is the savage. But also the awareness of stepping into and taking steps towards those dark pockets of pain, that cave. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. I want treasure. That's why I do shadow work. That's why I do the work I do. I don't have any plan myself as a human consciously. Just go where I'm moved to go. Whatever is being presented to me continuously, I choose to work through now. Whereas there was a time that I chose to try to escape and design my life the way I wanted it to be. Design myself, design my work. Oh, I think I will do this. <laughs> I don't really do that anymore. It's presented. We work with what is presented. What is being presented to me is the savage and is power. The potential for power. It's a crossroads. To go into that cave or to try and stay away from the cave. And I know where I have to go. <laughs> and in a sense, I know where I want to go because I know what's on the other side of that. Freedom. More freedom. More liberation more grounding less at the mercy of life my ego lack of money friends travel women comfort whatever it may be all these little things that oh I'd like some of this oh I want something else oh I want some more oh I want to feel comfortable to strip these away bit by bit and be free without any of them to not need or need less we have needs of course and it's okay to have them love companionship degrees of comfort i could do with all of those <laughs> but i don't want to be at the mercy of any of them that's not freedom that's dependency it's an addiction oh i hope she loves me oh i need more money Oh, I want to be comfortable. Oh, I need a cigarette. Oh, I need sugar. Oh, I need a drink. Oh, I need heroin. Oh, I need, I need, I need. Oh, I miss my television. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> I want to be able to enjoy them, but not be attached to them or dependent on them. Anyway, I've said enough. Thanks for listening. Links below. Be well. <laughs>